Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. And that double-sided page has two things on it. The first thing is our distinctive doctrines, right? Things that um, might not be, like if you're a Calvinist or Reformed theology, you're going to have some beef with our distinctive doctrines, okay? Um, But this is things like, um, I should have grabbed one for myself. Thanks, Linus. Uh, Things like um, signs follow believers. Divine healing is provided for all in the atonement. Baptism with the Holy Spirit is subsequent to cleansing and the enabling of power for service. Speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The gift of tongues is to be exercised both publicly and privately. And then on the back, I've got a list of myths about speaking of tongues. So we dispel some myths about speaking in tongues. This this issue comes up all the time. We are... um, um, what I want to talk about today are these daily encounters with God. And this was a theme that we just pressed into for 2022 is daily encounters with God. Now, one of the ways that there's many ways that we can encounter God, okay? One of the main ways that we encounter God is through the scriptures. Would you agree with me on that? So one of the main ways that we encounter God is through the scriptures, amen? Amen. Amen. So one of the great things about the scriptures is that it, it is all, all scripture is revealing who Jesus is and what God's heart is and his design and his plan for your entire life. There is no aspect of life that is not covered in scripture. None. None. Well, that's kind of a gray area. Nope, actually, there's not a lot of gray. In Scripture, there's just not, okay? 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all word is God-breathed, right? And that, that word breath is the same word that's often used for spirit. So the Scripture empowers the Holy Spirit to speak to you. First off, if we're going to have a daily encounter, you might want to open your Bible. You want to encounter God daily, you should open your Bible. Now, we've been thinking of how do we do this together? How do we do this as a team? And I remember back when I very first started in ministry, um, we had this thing called a life journal. How many of you have ever done a life journal? All right? you You were here for that. All right, life journal. So what this is, is this is a journal. I've got a sample here. All right, this journal looks like this, okay? Just a little bound little thing. And for every month, say this is February, March, let's go to today. This actually goes through um, the Bible, uh, Old Testament once, New Testament twice. If you do all of it. But what's really cool is like, so for October... What we do is it gives you three options for each day, a snack, a meal, and a feast. So if you just don't have a lot of time, you want to take five to ten minutes to do a devotional in the morning, then you're going to read 
um, what's the date? 16th? Malachi 3, 6 through 18. That's the snack, right? So you read that, and then with that, we use what's called a SOAP method for Bible study, which, which is simply, I'm going to pray before I read the scriptures. Holy Spirit, reveal to me what you want to speak to me through your written word, okay? So we ask for revelation. Many people read, and they're like, I don't get anything. Well, you're not asking anything. Can I, I mean, right? So we just come to the scriptures. We say, Holy Spirit, begin to speak to me through your written word. And so we begin to read, and as we read, the Holy Spirit will spark an idea, spark something in that reading. And let me just say, if you didn't get anything, just keep reading. Because something will hit you. I mean, not like Thor's hammer hits you, but, you know, like you're going you're gonna to get something. The Spirit's going to bring something. He's going to light something up on, this, on the page. So you write down the scripture that stood out to you, wherever the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You write down the scripture. What's your observation? What did you notice? And this could be literally two words or a paragraph. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. Like, uh, wow, Jesus wept really hit me. It's a two-verse sentence, right, or, or verse. Two-word se- two sentence. Wow. Y'all need to pray for me. Hello. All right. So I might put, I can't, you know, my observation is Jesus was in touch with his emotions. Observation. What's the application? I don't have to be afraid to cry as a man. I don't have to worry about that in my world because Jesus modeled everything for me. That's my application. Right? What's my prayer? Right? S-O-A-P. Soap. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. So what's my, my prayer? Father, help me express my emotions in a healthy way the way that you do. It can be that simple. Now, some of you are prolific writers. And some of you will be like, Those, that 18 chapters today really spoke to me. And, you know, you know, goes on and on and on and on. Praise God. So, um, so it doesn't matter, just something. And this way, we can all be studying and reading something together all the time, okay? So what I'm going to do as we get started this morning, I'm going to preach until I don't have a voice. So who knows how long that's going to be. But this is a sign-up sheet with your name and phone number. And if you want a printed copy of the Life Journal, if you want a digital copy of the Life Journal, and we are going to set up a daily posting online group on Facebook. So if you want to be invited to the Facebook group to encourage one another to post your scripture, observation, application, prayer, or any part of that, right, from that day's word, you can say yes to the Facebook group if you want to be a part of that. So, as, well, that's going to pass around while I preach. Um, just try and get it through to everybody that wants that. Um, so we can, um, we can print these and put them together. I really recommend you get, ultimately, uh, we'll only put a handful of these extra pages in there because you can just do the SOAP method on your, in your own journal. That's what I do. I just do it in my own journal, but I've got the guide. So that's some people, if they, you use your own journal, then you got the digital copy. You can just pull up on your phone. That makes it easy, too. So um, just figure out what you want to do with that. Um, and uh, I've been <clears throat> praying whether or not to 
charge anything for these, and I think we'll just provide them. If you want to donate to it, just put some money in the general fund, and that's great, okay? All right, so first way that we encounter, are you guys okay with that? How many of you are excited to do a Bible study together? Uh, awesome, cool, that's great. I'd had requests, and I'm, you know, and I'm like, what are we, what are we going to do? So that's awesome. Most of you are interested. That's great. It's kind of, kind of, just shooting in the dark a little bit there. So, all right. With that, the second way that we're going to encounter the Holy Spirit is through prayer. Right. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter fourteen. Look at verse 15 through 18 with me. Jesus talking and read, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world <coughs> cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be present with us so that we would abide with God. That relationship of abiding is with the Holy Spirit. The relationship for abiding with God is with the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. The relationship that you have with God where he is abiding in you and with you is through the Holy Spirit. Jesus specifically said, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to send someone, the Holy Spirit, to be in you and to be with you. So if we're having a daily encounter with God, we must address and have a conversation with Holy Spirit. And I think this is something that has been lost in current Christian culture, where it's easy for us to pray the Father a lot. I mean, it's kind of a pause word in a lot of people's prayers. Dear God, Father God, I ask Father God that you would, Father God, you know, like, it's just that pause word. It just kind of slips into the, the empty space. But what if it was Holy Spirit? I ask Holy Spirit that you would, Holy Spirit, do a thing, Holy Spirit. Right? And I, I think it's really important to actually address the one who resides in you. I think it's really important to develop a relationship with Holy Spirit. People often say, how do I get more intimate with God? How about you address the person that's in you instead of the one that's up there? Where's Jesus at right now? Where's Jesus? Come on, somebody. Heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. But I asked Jesus into my heart. It's not a scripture, but, you know, we, we, we've got this concept that we ask Jesus. No, we're asking the Holy Spirit to come and abide 
Yes, Jesus opens the door for what? The Holy Spirit to come and abide in us. So it is the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Hmm. Let's go over two chapters to chapter 16, okay? Come with me on a little John journey. Let's look at verse 13. John chapter 16, verse 13. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. says this. Verse 13 of John 16. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. This is Jesus speaking. The Holy Spirit will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So as we communicate with the Holy Spirit, we are getting direct revelation from the Father and the Son. Why are we bypassing Holy Spirit every time we pray? Why do we bypass the one Jesus said, he's the one who's going to declare it to you? And yet, most of us have ignored the Holy Spirit in our prayer life. You want to have a daily encounter, begin to actively talk to Holy Spirit. The Trinity is confusing as all get out. And if you watch TikTok it wasn't invented, like Jesus wasn't invented until the third century, right? Like at the Council of Nicaea, okay? Fact is, the Holy Spirit was at work in the Old Testament all over, would descend and fall on people. Saul, looking for a donkey, Ends up stripping down naked because the spirit of God fell upon him. Now, hang on. We're going to see spirit movement, not like that. Okay. He, he totally was overwhelmed by the spirit of God in the Old Testament to where he began to prophesy, speak of things to come, which is what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will do in you. Right? So what's interesting here is that we see over and over and over in the Old Testament the spirit of God landing on people and, and doing miraculous things. Like, I don't know, Elijah outruns a chariot because the Spirit of God came on him. The Spirit of God comes on Samson and he tears down, pushes the pillars out and kills the whole entire camp of the Philistines. I, I believe it's really, really, or Canaanites, I'm trying to remember. I just like, y'all pray for me. The, the reality is that the Spirit of God was at work in the Old Testament, even at creation, and the Spirit of God is at work now inside of you. Inside of you. So we cannot continue. If you want to have a depth of relationship with the Lord, don't ignore the Holy Spirit as you pray and as you talk to God. Now, Jesus has a, this amazing place because he is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our King. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's the mediator for us. He's the one who's making intercession for us 
all the time in the throne room of heaven. He is covering us with his blood. He is giving us hope and grace and all of that. And yet, he's like, I, I'm doing this for you, and you serve me, and yet I'm sending you part of me, the Holy Spirit, so that you can be empowered to do the things that I'm asking you to do. So prayer is important. If you want to have a daily encounter with God, we read the scriptures. Amen? And we pray, but we need to pray with the Holy Spirit to the Holy Spirit. That's not blasphemy. He's God. He's God. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to move. Ask the Holy Spirit to do some things. If you grew up in a conservative Christian fundamentalist or maybe a Reformed theology household, that feels weird. Because for some of us, like myself, when I, I was, I mean, I went to a, all through high, junior high and high school, I went to a MacArthur plant in Spokane. <clears throat> By MacArthur plant, it's about John MacArthur, who's a very famous Christian theologian who's very anti-gifts of the Spirit, okay? We love him, we bless him. And yet, the work of the Holy Spirit was only at salvation. And then, and then you know, you would, you would get it from the Scripture, whatever the Scripture gave you. But it was really awkward to ever pray to the Holy Spirit because it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Spirit is just the Spirit. It's just moving behind the scenes. It's almost like it's not a real person. No, he's a real person. With emotions. Jesus wept, and the Spirit can be grieved, right? So, we need to read, we need to pray. Now, we also need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why I handed out that thing, because... I want to make sure that you have a proper biblical foundation on what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I think the scriptures say very plainly and very clearly that the spirit baptism did not happen at salvation. It was a completely different experience. I think scripture is overwhelmingly clear on that. And I think in order to move around that, you actually have to create circular reasoning. And if you want to say that that, that spirit baptism Baptism is not for today. When you, when you have to teach that, basically you have to literally ignore mountains of texts in the scriptures that talk about how this works. So are you guys ready to walk down that journey with me this morning? I just want to talk about Holy Spirit baptism because I believe that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts that God has given the believer. Hands down. See, salvation is like, if I've got this little water cup, I'm going to ask somebody to fill this up in a second. So if Chris, Christopher Easley's going to come fill up my water. Thank you, sir. But see, salvation fills my cup. Salvation fills my cup. It means that, that I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm in Christ. But he says, that's not enough. I want you to overflow okay so fill my cup don't overflow we don't need a mess this morning that's just an example okay 
No, you are not God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. All right. So if we want to understand biblically how this works, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Because um, the Holy Spirit didn't baptize anybody prior to the book of Acts. What's crazy is in John 19, I love this, in John 19, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and um, he is risen from the dead, right? Shows up, and he's talking to him, and he goes, he goes, hey guys, hey guys, guys, come here. Listen, whatever you bind on earth will be bound on earth, bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he says, come here, come here, come here. Receive the Holy Spirit. So prior to his ascension into heaven, he gave them the Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? So what in the world do we need Acts chapter 1 for? What do we need Acts chapter 2 for? If Jesus gave the Holy Spirit at salvation, and that's it. Now, the Holy Spirit... Um, is the seal. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation, right? Like we, we, when you get saved and you come to know Jesus, you should have a renewed conscience. You should begin to think differently. You should begin to have a different perspective on the world, on your sin. You should start seeing things differently. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. And we begin to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit active in our lives. Like, oh, somebody's mad. Suddenly the Holy Spirit shows up, and I'm, I'm at peace. I'm going through a trial. I have joy. I, uh, this thing is not moving. I've got patience. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Why would we not pray for patience? Can I just ask that? Do you want more of the Holy Spirit or not? Oh, I just blew somebody's theology up. Oh, my. Hello. Oh, it's about your comfort. I get it. Okay. All right. Acts chapter 1. Are you guys okay? All right. So Jesus is talking to his disciples in Acts chapter 1. And um, Jesus says, uh, verse 4, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Say promise. So right before this, he had breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, wait for the promise. So here in wait for the promise, he says, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, Jesus is the one who introduces the concept of Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus is also the one who gives us the, the initial concept of the baptism of repentance was the baptism of John. So in Romans 6, where it talks about, how, do you not know that you have been uh, raised together with Christ, the newness of life, right? 
that, that the old man should be done away with, right? This whole issue of baptism in Romans 6 is the baptism of repentance. I'm no longer going to identify as the old man. I'm going to identify as the new man, right? That's the baptism of John, a baptism of repentance. So when we see the baptism of Matthew 28, right? Therefore, go into all the world. Go, therefore, in all the world, right? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? So this baptism of repentance is the baptism of John, and it identifies us because repentance is turning 180 degrees. It's saying the old man is dead. The new man has come, right? That is repentance, is becoming a new person. It's actually having a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of thought. Are you guys with me? Okay. I wish I had a little more oomph in my voice because I really want to get Pentecostal right now. No, 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 no. Nobody needs that. When Jesus says, wait for the promise because you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's two words for baptism used here. So there's the baptism of John, which is a dip. Dip and then rise up, right? It's, it's called the bapto in the Greek, bapto. Bapto is a dip and a rise up. A bapto would be like if you were going to uh, blanch something. Boiling water, dip it, bring it out. Quick, right? That's the bapto. But then there's also the baptizo. And the baptizo is an immersion. It means that, so it's like in the making of a cucumber. This is a great, they actually use this in, in, um, in the dictionary, the Greek dictionaries, because it's the only place that you can see both words, bapto and baptizo, used. So what they do is they take a cucumber, and they blanch it, and they bapto it, right? And then they put in a bottle of vinegar and spices and all that stuff, and then they put it in that, and then they seal it up. That's baptizo, where you begin to literally be so immersed in this thing that you begin to take on the flavor of what you're immersed in. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus establishes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Come on, we love cacklers. All right, so they're waiting. They're in the upper room. They are waiting. They're doing the things that they know that they are supposed to do. They replace Judas Iscariot with Matthias, right? They're, They're in the word. They're praying. They're seeking the Lord. They are waiting until this 
amazing thing happens that Jesus said is going to happen. And it's now been 50 days since Passover. It has now been 50 days since Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. So 50 days is Penta, right? It's Pentecost. It is 50 days since the Passover feast. And now listen to this. It says here that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. There was no disunity. They were just in one accord, and they were in one place. They were together. They were together. Come on, church. They were together. They didn't, they didn't spread out and run all over the place, and suddenly this guy got it over here, and this guy got it over there, and this guy got it over here. Sometimes God wants to move in groups. Sometimes the most dynamic things happen in groups. I have amazing personal things happen because I want a daily encounter with the Holy Spirit. So because I have a daily encounter with the Holy Spirit, I have amazing things happen to me in my prayer closet. I got this little studio space that's my Jesus space, and I go up there, and I'll put some worship on, and I like it loud, okay? That's why we got earbuds in the back, little ear earplugs. I like it loud, and I will have these radical encounters with the Lord where he's giving me revelation. He's showing me all types of things for individuals, for people, for myself, for this community, for what God wants to do, and I just love that time, but there is something so special when we come together and the Spirit of God begins to move over a group of people who are all experiencing the same thing at the same time. Why? Because they were in one accord. They were in one place. And I absolutely love it. I love it. It, it does as a pastor, right, as someone who shepherds hearts, which God's had to teach me a lot because my mercy gift is my lowest. Okay, I, my mercy gift is really low, but the Lord has taught me how to love people well without mercy. I'm just kidding, but just with that low mercy gift. So with that, with that, the reality is, is that, that it breaks my heart when people ignore fellowship, especially because they are carrying around a dead man wound. They're carrying around a wound because they believed that the people at the church were, was more important than meeting with God in a group. Because somebody said something funny to them. Or the pastor didn't acknowledge their spiritual gift well enough. I mean, this real, it breaks my heart. Why? And there's real offenses. There's real hurts. I'm not dismissing that. There's real control. There's real abuse in the church. Fully aware. But that should not stop you from coming to a church. That should not stop you from getting fed. It should not stop you from fellowship. It's just like that gas station attendant was rude, so I don't want gas anymore. All right, so they were with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But you just said just a little while ago, he breathed, they received the Holy Spirit, but now they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they come out, everybody thinks they're drunk, they're prophesying, they're speaking in tongues, people are hearing the gospel in their own languages. It's pretty amazing. It's an absolute spectacular sermon by Peter, and he He's just bringing the hammer. He's like, you need to repent. Look, God is here. This is God. And then he says this. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Let's be very clear about the promise. Peter references the promise because that's the thing that they had to wait for. You get that? Anybody who's telling you that the promise isn't about the coming of the Holy Spirit it's not getting, like, the context is clear. Jesus says, wait until you receive the promise of my Father. And they've been up there, 120 of them, for 50 days praying. Ask God, tell us about the promise. We want the promise. We want the promise. We want the promise. What you promise us, God? You promised us a baptism of the Holy Spirit. You promised it. You promised it. They're crying out to the Lord for 50 days. So when he says the promise is for you and for all who are afar off, that doesn't mean at that moment geographically. It means for every generation to come. So, we see that. Uh, come with me to Acts chapter... Oh, just making sure I'm getting the right place here. I don't have my notes, so I'm just making sure I'm going to get the right spots here. I think it's Acts. Yep. Um, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered. Okay, so here's what's happening, right? So they, they get the power of the Holy Spirit. They're encountering all types of crazy um, obstacles because of the Pharisees. Some of them are being jailed in prison. Stephen has just been killed, the first martyr of the church, right? And because he, they, are, they are turning the world upside down because they have met the risen Jesus, and they've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and they're going after it. Okay, which ticks people off. If you don't want conflict in your life, you shouldn't be a Christian. There's grace for the conflicts in your life. God will empower you to have grace for those who don't have grace for you. You will always come above by being humble and going below. Do you get that? You can't rise above a situation without humbling yourself. 
The reason why most Christians really struggle with that is because they feel like they need to fight for their rights. And Jesus said, no, I laid down all of my rights. You do what I do. I laid all my rights down. So you see over and over where the, the, the early Christians are being martyred, they're persecuted, and they would always lay down their rights. They never, they would always, like the only time I think I see anybody is like Paul, after he's been beaten multiple times, he's like, you know I'm a Roman citizen, right? <laughs> Oops, right? He didn't even bring it up until after he was beaten. throwing that out there. So therefore, those who were scattered, right? So Saul is coming after the church. That's the point here. So Saul is, it says he made havoc of the church, right? Saul becomes Paul later. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So the Spirit empowered them from hanging out in the upper room to now they're working miracles. Unclean spirits were crying out with a loud voice. They came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city, right? So they hear the apostles in Jerusalem who didn't scatter, right? So the, the 12 stayed in Jerusalem, and people are being persecuted, and they're going out. Philip goes to Samaria, and they hear about this revival happening. So they go and show up. <coughs> Excuse me. So, verse 14. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Hang on. Hang on. What do you mean, might receive the Holy Spirit? Did you not just read that Philip preached Christ to them and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles? They gave, they were giving their lives to Jesus. And here it says that, that when they came down, they asked that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. This verse wrecks me. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That was in my scripture. I don't know if you guys know that was the Bible. <clears throat> only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus? Isn't that the pinnacle of today's church? Can we just get them in the door, get them saved, get them dunked? Isn't that the win? Isn't that the big win? Isn't that the biggest win? There's no greater miracle than salvation. It's the biggest win, right? It opens the door to the kingdom, but it is the door. It is not the fullness of the kingdom. The fullness of the kingdom comes with the power of the Holy Spirit. Just because your soul is saved from hell, it does not mean, I still have one in my mouth, thank you. She's offering me cough drops, I love it. You guys love me, thank you. So, so the, the Holy Spirit, 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do the things that God actually calls you to do. It is not a salvation issue. It's a kingdom issue. It's an abiding issue. In order to be filled and walk with the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to be baptized. Immersed in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm happy to mess with some of your theology on this. But to, to me, the scripture is the example from which we set all of our standards. Is the scripture the standard? Is it? It's the standard. And Jesus didn't make it confusing for us. He didn't. I don't have to figure out what one verse in Corinthians that talks about that which is perfect has come to try and figure out what that means, right? 1 Corinthians 13, it says that, you know, when that which is perfect has come, prophecies will cease, tongues will cease, all these things will cease. And they say, well, that must mean that when the Bible was finished, that, that that was which was perfect had come. So after the Bible was finished, there's no more need for tongues. There's no more need for miracles. There's no more need for healing. There's no more need because we have the revelation of God in the book. Let me just tell you, it is not God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the book. It's the Holy Spirit who speaks through God's divine word that was recorded for us. Are we Okay. I feel like I want to just take a sledgehammer to, the, to this pushback against the Holy Spirit because we are entering into a season where if we are not having daily encounters with the Holy Spirit, if we are not seeking to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, there are certain things that are coming, certain things that we are all going to have to walk through, and you need a supernatural empowerment. You are going to need a supernatural empowerment to get your family saved. You need to hear the word of the Lord for your cousin so that you can call them and say, hey, God just told me that you were in a car accident. Are you okay? How did you know that? Jesus loves you. He just told me. We need the supernatural gifts that come with empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's pretty wild to me, you know. That, that, you know, they'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what do they do? Peter and John show up and they lay hands on them and they were all filled with the Spirit. And it says that it was evidenced by speaking in tongues. Every reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit happening, it references that they knew that the Spirit had come upon them by speaking in tongues. That was the physical outward manifestation that someone had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean they weren't spiritual. Doesn't mean they couldn't hear God. Doesn't mean that they weren't able to serve the Lord and do all types of amazing things for God. Of course. That's why I gave you the dispelling some myths about speaking in tongues so you can look up those scriptures later. Okay. All right. I got a couple more spots here, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna close this time out. Uh, we've got um, Acts chapter 
uh, 10, we have Cornelius, right? The first Gentile that gets saved, right? There are pretty spectacular visions happening for Peter. Cornelius has a vision. Some angels are involved, and this divine connection meets up between Peter and Cornelius, who is not saved. Um, and, and he says, uh, Peter opened his mouth in verse 34 of Acts chapter 10 and says, In truth, I perceive that God shows no, no partiality, but in na every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to his children, Israel, preaching peace through Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, right? Peter is preaching this sermon, right? And he goes, he goes, listen, Jesus commanded us to preach to the people to testify that he is, that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in his name will receive remission of sins. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they had heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. All right, are you guys doing okay? Scripture. I'm just giving you scripture. All right? Keep going with me. All right? I'm going to give you one more example. We're going to go to Paul when he shows up in Ephesus in Acts chapter, I believe it is, I want to say 16, but let's see. Um, nope. Do, 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 do. This is why I need my notes. Is it 19? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. I love this. Yeah, first one. <clears throat> and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, another believer who's believer in Jesus who's out teaching, right? Was at Corinth, and Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples who what? They, I mean, they, they understood. They knew. Paul knew that they were believers, right? He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So we've established that they've believed in Jesus because that's the primary. That's issue one. Issue one is Jesus, right? Issue two, Holy Spirit. This was always the pattern. Faith in Jesus, now Holy Spirit. So when they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Why? I wonder when Apollos heard the gospel. I wonder, you know, like I don't know Apollos' story because he's out teaching. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism, which is the baptism of repentance. Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who come after him. That is in Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized. Now they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. 
Let me just be very clear. The gift of tongues is for today, and it comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that I speak in tongues more than you all, and I wish that you all would speak in tongues. Paul wants everyone to speak in tongues. In fact, in, at the end of 1 Corinthians 14, where it talks about public use of tongues, he says, don't, don't forbid this use of speaking in tongues in church services. He actually forbids people from forbidding its use. I mean, we'll take the Bible literally until it's about tongues. Will you stand with me? I just sense that the Holy Spirit just wants to work in your heart. Sometimes what we do is we will give you a teaching, right? I will teach on a topic so that the Holy Spirit has enough room to begin to move in your heart, remove in your mind, and begin to um, reveal any areas of your life where maybe there's been a stronghold of disbelief. Maybe there's been a theology that you've agreed with that is actually counter-biblical. I mean, I had to unwind a lot because my encounter messed up my theology. My encounter with God messed up my doctrine. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill your people. Pray, God, that every obstacle that has been in the way in our hearts and minds God, that we would repent for coming into agreement or partnering with it. Yes, Lord. Father, forgive me for not pressing into all that your word has said about you. For not taking Holy Spirit seriously and treating him as if he's not God himself. Holy Spirit, I ask you to just come blow on this place. Just begin to fill people with your spirit right now. Father, I pray that you just fill us up to overflowing. Father, you said that the, the Jesus, you said that when the spirit came, it would be like, like rivers of living water coming, bubbling up outside of us. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, come. God, I'm asking that you would Partner with the fervency of our hearts and our desire to honor you, to know you, to be fully immersed in you, to be, to be completely baptized and immersed in your presence, baptized and immersed in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Father God, that we would not be satisfied with a taste, but that we would drink deep of the wells that you've put within us. 
God, that we would not be satisfied with just a little bit of power, but that we would operate in this full, dynamic grace that you've given us, this power that you've given us through the Holy Spirit. God, that we would hear your voice clearly, that all confusion would go because as we pray in the Spirit, your Spirit is making intercession with our Spirit, and you're revealing the secrets. You're revealing truth. You're revealing light. You're revealing life. As we speak in the Spirit, as we pray in tongues, you're realigning things. You're moving things that we can't even see. So, God, I'm praying right now that you would just begin to pour out your Spirit in a fresh way. God, that you would begin to, to lay out in every single heart and every single mind the truth of your spirit, that they be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with tongues, God, in a powerful and mighty way, God. Father, I thank you that everyone's encounter is their own encounter. They get to have it with you alone. So, Father, I pray that you set every eye on you. And Holy Spirit, I'm praying that you would flood this place with your presence, that there would be a radical, a radical encounter with your love and your goodness, God. Let there be a radical encounter with your fire. Let there be a radical encounter with the transformation that took these 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 120 in the upper room and turn them into world changers. God, that gave them power to be bold, power to be witnesses, power, power to be full of light, full of life, full of hope. Father, I thank you, God. Come on, church, just raise your voice. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Begin to speak out. If you have your spiritual language, just begin to pray in it right now. Come on, church. Let's come on. Let's press in for a few minutes. Come on, church. Begin to pray. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You can be loud in tongues. I give you permission that this is orderly and in order to speak in tongues right now. Because it is what the Spirit is asking us to do. Yep, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Father, we just break through. We break through. We break through. We break through. We break through. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that every demonic spirit that is uncomfortable at the move of the spirit, it has to go now in Jesus' name. It has to go now in Jesus' name. It has to go now in Jesus' name. Yes, we thank you, God, that you've that this sound is actually, I just felt like the Lord was saying that his angels are attracted to the sound of heaven. So we just thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and I feel like a couple of you have had a, just had a vision. Had a vision. Anybody, like, see something while we were praying in tongues? Come on, somebody. You know it's you. Come on. Can you come up here, Chris? I think there's one more person that literally saw some pictures as you were praying. God gave you a picture of something. I feel like you need to share that. As we're praying in, the, in, the, in tongues, I see each syllable we utter as a physical strike that we're not lashing out with, but more of an authoritative crack of the whip, telling everything that is not of God to take a step back and leave us be. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Yep. Who else saw something? Vision, color, 
words. See, what's really cool is that when we, did you know that English wasn't God's first language? And he made you to be able in your spirit to receive messages from him in all different kinds of ways. In all different kinds of ways. It might have been a picture. might have been a feeling. I'm a feeler. I'll feel things, you know. But come on up, Paul. This doesn't happen to me very often. But as I was standing there speaking in my prayer language and everybody else, a beautiful voice from the midst, I saw hands reaching up through this floor all over, hands reaching up through this floor. But when we pray in the Spirit, this floor is holy ground. And I saw flames landing on every hand, reaching up this floor to try and pull us away and burnt those hands to ash. Wow. Wow. Come on. Amen. 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 I want to give opportunity if you've never received your uh, spiritual language and you're interested in receiving your spiritual language, we're going to put some music on here in just a moment. Um, If you want to go, you're free to go. But if you're interested in receiving your spiritual language, I'm just going to invite you up. John LaPointe's going to join me up here um, because he just received his prayer language a couple weeks ago. About a month ago, and um, and it's been really um, he's just been walking in a in a freshness. You want to talk about that real quick before I dismiss everybody? Wow, it's it's just been joy for the last I don't know how long has it been, but it's it's kind of amazing uh, because I've asked for my spiritual language to come for a long time. And just evidently wasn't my time. And then, <clears throat> but it was a matter of just building up to this. I think it had more to do with my heart, where it was towards God and everything else before. It, it was a, it was a, had to happen where I was healed, at least to, a, I'm not totally healed, but to a point where Holy Spirit was really willing to come in and and just be my guide, and it's just been so awesome. It's been very pleasant, very um, nothing pressing, no way, no anxiety with it. Um, it just comes out now, and it's kind of funny, but because I don't have any control over it, and because <laughs> I didn't know what it was all about. Having never had something like this, it just didn't know when it would just jump out. And um, But also, coming with that was also the need to to heal others. Um, it just felt uh, like it was time that I needed to step up into, with this church family and just to start um, having healing sessions and um, things like that. So it's just been marvelous. 
and I'm still walking on air. It's like it's it's just sweet, <laughs> really sweet. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, um, you know, something I've asked for for a long time, and I just felt that <coughs> God was going to give it to me when it was time for Him, because everything I think is in His time, not mine. But you came, you come to the altar every time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you didn't hold back and went like, "Well, I'll just wait till God hits me over the head with a two by four." You no, still pursued. I pursued. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, when Elizabeth was here and asked if somebody w wanted to have their prayer language, and, and I asked again, and it came this time. It's kind of funny. To, you know, it's a li it sounds a little Asian. and it just, uh, <laughs> No, but... When it just came out then, it was free. There was nothing pushing. Yep. And, and I was always kind of a, just didn't really know what it was going to be like. And so, anyway, I could go on for a long time. So, so what was great is after he, yeah, come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah, Lord. He kept trying to have a conversation with me, and it was just all Asian for a while. It's great. Okay. So we want to pray for you if you've not received your prayer language and you're interested in, in receiving your prayer language. So we want to pursue daily encounters with the Holy Spirit. First, read your word. Pray and have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and then pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. If you have your spiritual language, pray in tongues. If you don't, ask for it. I'm going to give you my last scripture. It's Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I forgot I had wrote that down. All right. Jesus said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. This is verse 9 in Luke 11. And he who seeks finds. And he who, to him who knocks, the door will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Did you know that the ask, seeking, knocking is about receiving the Holy Spirit? So I encourage you to press into that. I'm going to pray and then welcome, welcome anybody up who wants to receive the Holy Spirit and baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing a magnificent work in our hearts today. I thank you that, that when we come together corporately, you begin to move in ways that you only do when there's a group. And Father, I thank you so much that as you sent Jesus to cleanse us and to completely uh, remove all sin from our lives, all the, all the effects of sin, the consequences of sin, <clears throat> Jesus did it all. And thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for the freshness that you give us.
the renewal that you give us, the hope that you place in us, and the empowerment that we have to do miracles, signs, and wonders. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.